Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Glad you're back. Good to be back, Dr. Paul. A couple uh, of days well, off. Well, good. <laughs> and you're well-rested well. and uh, <laughs> kept up with the news. I know you had your computer with you. I did, yeah, obsessively. We, we even had to bug you and call you and <laughs> ask you questions. When's the war going to end? <laughs> well, anyway, we're going to be talking maybe a little bit about the war issue and uh, some other things, too, today. But want to start off with, uh, we think it's a little bit of good news, yeah. and that has uh, has to do with uh, uh, you know people's attitudes, the American people's attitude. I've always said, you know, it's the prevailing attitude of the people that really the government uh, gets in, involved in uh, so many bad things, and therefore the propagandists uh, and uh, and the authoritarians in the government uh, are, are very powerful because they change the attitudes, uh, and uh, educators do this too. They change people's attitudes. And uh, to get the attitude pro-war, you know, we've seen it and watched it and try to warn people against it. But here was a poll done, and it's reported by Adam Dick. Yeah, you know, on our staff person, and it's very good. And um, you know, the, the findings aren't all that bad. The people in the people now are starting to say, "Hey, maybe, maybe this is not good, good for America." I remember during debates they say, "Yeah, that might be true, to true, but we have to save face." Do you yeah. remember that? Of course, to kill yeah. more people because even if it was a mistake, save face keeps there, never give up. Well, we're not quite at this point yet where the neocons and uh, NATO is going to give up, but this means the people. Just like we would um, make a point of this when the people started waking up about the shortcomings of the COVID lockdown. So I, I think uh, this is good. And uh, uh, this is a poll that uh, I, I hope gets a little bit of circulation, wakes up a few people, wonder why people are getting cool feet. But uh, the, the biggest wonder we have is why do they ever get so excited? you know, about being pro-war, about things that uh, are very marginal, but they have to be convinced. National security, there has to be fear, and uh, that's how the propagandists win their side. But uh, we're hoping that uh, good common sense and logic and honesty uh, will convince people that uh, non-intervention is a much better way to go. Well, the Ukraine war has been very hard for we anti-war folks for a number of reasons. First of all, as we've talked about, the mainstream media never reports the antecedents, never reports when the war started, which was 2014, but also 1989-90 with the breakup of the Soviet Union. They never report that part, selective reporting. But it's also very hard, and we've talked about it too, because the progressive left, for the most part, has joined the neocons and a good chunk of the right in being pro-war and in drowning out any kind of coalition against escalating war. When you have Bernie Sanders more pro-war than right-wing Republican J.D. Vance, then you know things have really shifted. Sanders and the rest of the progressives in the House and Senate having voted in favor of sending more weapons into the war zone. But what we're talking about now, and we can put up that first uh, clip because this is <clears throat> Our own Adam Dick did write about it on RPI, and it's on the blog this morning. Americans are increasingly wary of U.S. efforts to harm Russia, causing economic damage in America. And he's referring to this next clip, which is a poll from AP, and we can look at that. Um, AP, economy bigger priority than punishing Russia, AP NORC poll. And this is a AP NORC poll of 1,172 adults conducted from May 12th to 16th. 
using a sample drawn from Nork's probability placed Amerispeak panel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, indicative of the U.S. population. <coughs> and what is the main thing that it shows? Americans, as you say, Dr. Paul, when faced with the reality of costs to an interventionist foreign policy, are finally saying, you know what, this stuff, this isn't free. We can't just punish the rest of the world and not face the consequences. And so the top line numbers are, and let's do this next one really quick before we go into it more, U.S. priorities shift, and this is from that poll, on sanctioning Russia or limiting economic damage. And this is March, April, and May numbers. On the left are the numbers sanctioning Russia as effectively as possible, even if it, dis even if it damages the U.S. economy. We started out in March, 55% said, yes, let's hit those Russians. We don't care what it does. Then April, 51%, uh, yeah, let's hit those Russians. And now in May, 45%, under 50% said, why are we destroying our economy <laughs> to hit those Russians? And then on the other side, you see limiting damage to the U.S. economy is important, even if it means sanctions on Russia are, quote, less effective. 42% in March, 45% in April, and now... For the first time, a clear majority of Americans say it is not, we must limit this damage to the U.S. economy. Forget about hurting Russia. We have one job now, but I think it's already occurring, is, is linking these concerns and this shift in attitude uh, to how much the individuals are paying for gasoline. Yes. <laughs> and I think maybe that's already having the effect. Uh, of course, that some like to simplify it in narrow political calls. Well, it's all Biden's fault. He did it. He made a mess out of it, and yeah. I'm never going to deny that he, he made things much, much worse. But the whole thing is the cost of war comes down to it. Not only the cost of gasoline, if you don't want to deal with that, because he did make that much worse, but just the cost of groceries. Yeah. And all of a sudden, people need to connect that with getting involved in things that we don't need to be involved in, and foreign, undeclared, illegal, unconstitutional wars where a lot of innocent people die ought to be... Open, open season on that type of activity. So this is, uh, I, I think it's good, but I'd like to make sure the American people know that uh, there is a connection uh, with all the complaints they have here at home uh, with the foreign policy because it's, it's, it's draining, uh, you know, from us. And, and, and all you have to do is look at, you know, when, when added to COVID and you look at the monstrosity of the spending and the deficits and the printing of money these last couple of years, nothing has ever come close to what we've been doing. Yeah, and this, I mean, this should be our day in the sun, you know, because <laughs> as you correctly tie the two, the costs of interventionism, whether it's government inter interventionism over a virus, i.e. two years of COVID, or government intervention in a far-off war that has nothing to do with American national security, these two show directly the costs of interventionism. Um, you don't get any extra points for, for being right about these things, not to toot our own horn. But there is some good news about it. And let's put this next clip up, clip up because this is someone interviewed for the AP article. And this is a good quote, and it shows that they're starting to connect the dots, Dr. Paul. This is a woman interviewed, and I don't have her name on this clip, but she says, we seem to think that everything that goes on in the world isn't going to affect us, and we live in some sort of a bubble. It seems to me that anything that happens in the rest of the world is going to affect us. Unless we do something productive, proactive, 
our economy is going to be affected anyway. So it's the starting to realize all this stuff isn't cost free. We can't run the rest of the, rest of the world and tell everyone what kind of governments, where their borders should be, what they should do without it coming back. And I'll tell you, Dr. Paul, I traveled throughout Texas uh, these past couple of days. I was paying, I paid $4.34 up near Waco for gasoline, and that is painful. Boy, I'll bet. You know, there, there's really only one thing they have to think about, and you can narrow it down to one word. Uh, if, they, if they're concerned about what's happening, they have to deal with the issue of policy. You know, and in our case, uh, we're talking endlessly about our foreign policy, a policy of non-intervention. So those are the attitudes directly that have to change, and that's the one where they really have a tight hold on it, but we see cracks in the wall. And I think it's especially interesting that uh, you can show the switch from progressives being uh, more non, uh, you know, non-intervention as some right wing or conservative yeah. re Republicans. That, this is, that is very good stuff because uh, they, they're, they're all, the progressives will lose credibility. And you'll see a few breakaways you know, from the left, but yeah. uh, not, not enough. <laughs> a few good ones, right? They are yeah. the good ones. Glenn Greenwald and many others, Tulsi Gabbard and others are the good ones. But, but what happens, and this happens every single time, there's this initial smoke that is pouring out of everywhere, right? That controls the debate. It happened in Iraq. It happened in the, quote, Arab Spring and all of this. And then slowly, when the smoke clears a little bit, a couple of voices make it through that start challenging things. And I think that's what we saw over the weekend. You know, we haven't talked about the World Economic Forum probably just as well that we haven't because it's a bunch of bad dudes. Um, nevertheless, Henry Kissinger showed up. You got to hand it to him. He's still active at his age. For all the bad stuff in his life, you got to hand it to him. He's still out there. Let's put on this next clip. And here's what he said, and there was a collective sigh, catching of the breath in the entire world. Kissinger says Ukraine should cede territory to Russia to end war. And that's a simplification of his speech because he certainly was not giving a pro-Russia speech or a pro-Putin speech. He was very condemnatory of the invasion. But he basically said, unless Ukraine is going to be completely destroyed, there needs to be a peace process that ends this war. And to that point, uh, the, and this might explain some of why Americans are softening a little bit on their support if they get this info, top aide to the Ukrainian President Zelensky, he did not like what Kissinger had to say. We're going to have to bleep out a couple things he said, but put on that next clip. He gave an interview right after Kissinger made his point, and he said, go blank yourselves, Zelensky aide tells Western officials. These are the people writing $40 billion checks to keep the war going in Ukraine and starving American babies. And here's what he says to them. And do the next one. Now, here's the quote from the interview, and you can watch it. It's on Telegram. He says, go blank yourself with such proposals, you dumb blanks. And blank is an F word. I won't say any more. To trade Ukrainian territory a little bit, are you blanking crazy, et cetera, et cetera. This will never happen, he said in an interview. So this is, I think, maybe why some Americans are starting to, not that they're seeing this interview, right. but this lack of gratitude uh, is, uh, I think, starting to break through. You know, when I first looked at the headline on this, I thought, 
there was a break uh, within uh, the Ukraine administration, uh, that there was an aide beginning to say, hey, look, maybe we're not doing the right thing. And, you know, peacenik breaking out in Ukraine, it, it did turn out to be that. But I suspect, though, that there's a few people in eastern Ukraine that are probably sympathetic, but they can't say it. And, but everybody knows that uh, they are more Russian than the rest. That's why volunteerism and, and you know, self-determination would be such a such a beautiful answer here because uh, uh, this whole idea that for a hundred years really somebody's been in there telling the Ukrainians exactly where the borders would be and there's all kinds of factions fighting over it so uh, but if people could be left to themselves uh, which means more independence and self-reliance and people you know there would be a Russian section there and what what, what makes you think that they couldn't get along, you know, if it was done in a voluntary manner? But, you know, this is um, this to me is uh, uh, interesting that the people are starting to wake up and realize that uh, there, there is a change in attitude. But Zelensky, he told us what will solve this problem. <laughs> it, it isn't non-intervention. It, it isn't self-determination. He says, if you really want to help us and you really want to end the wars, we want weapons, we want dollars, and we want more sanctions on yeah. Russia. So that's, uh, that's, it. that's where they are. And uh, never, and the whole thing is, is we're not even going to talk to anybody, yeah. you, you know, about it. And uh, that, uh, that doesn't bring about peace. That prolongs the war, and sometimes war lasts five years, 10, 15, 20. I used to really write the 30 year history, 30 year war, yeah, you know, but now we've been in, in wars now for, for 20. Yeah. So uh, time goes by and people just <laughs> learn to live with the war, which is a real tragedy. Yeah. And all the money wasted. Right. You know, one of the things I was doing in my quote time off is I was reading a book called 85 days in Slavyansk. Uh, and I, I never purport to be an expert in that part of the world. Uh, you know, my, my purview is American foreign policy. So I didn't have a great grasp of the history. Reading that book really opened my eyes to the broader history, going back to the 18th century in that part of the world. Uh, and it really isn't the way it's portrayed in the current. I'm not going to go into the history of the details, but in the way it's being portrayed in the media right now. It's much more, as is always the case. Remember with Yugoslavia, that's when I first heard of you when you opposed that war. And your point was, this is more complex and it's being portrayed in the media. The same is the case with that part of the world. It wasn't just, here's Ukraine forever and here's the bad guys taking it over. Not to condone what happened, but it's not that simple. <laughs> and really it was brought home, and I suspected it was the case, but reading this book really brought home the very complex history that nobody, certainly let alone Biden and Blinken and Newland, nobody understands the history of what happened there. All the more reason for non-interventionism to just stay out of the mess. Well, let's go to a domestic issue. We're, <laughs> we're back. We have to worry about an, another lockdown, maybe. Yeah. Let's hope the people have awakened or, and they're not, not going to accept the, another lockdown. But uh, monkeypox is here. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's already been uh, titled Mania, and people are scared. But uh, let's hope that uh, we don't go through what we went through in these last couple of years. Now, I do, uh, I think, I hope you have this list of, yeah, uh, I do. of things. But it, there, I have a list of things that was, li uh, that was put up by uh, Red Peel Review. Yeah, let's put on that uh, second and, to last clip and, if we uh, can. It's, uh, we'll put it up, but we'll also read it because they'll say, 
you know, COVID is not the first time we put yeah. up with this. We went through some time epidemics like polio, and it became, you know, sort of uh, non-events uh, after the dust settled. It was scary and all that, but there was no hysteria with it. But uh, just just think of what's happened here in the last couple of years. Go ahead and put that back up and leave it up if you don't mind. Yeah. Okay, in 2002, it was the West Nile virus. 2004, it was SARS. In 2005, it was the bird flu. In 2009, it was swine flu. In 2014, it was Ebola. 2016, Zika. And 2018, it was measles. And 2020, it was COVID. And in 2022, it's monkeypox. I wonder, do you think Bill Gates was involved in any of this 10, 15 years ago? No, he, he wouldn't <laughs> he have, been, have been. No. Uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, we, we must have been very, very slow <laughs> on the, all the immunization. With uh, We still had these. But most of those, fortunately, are uh, not remembered like... Uh, like the worst thing that ever happened, a lot of people died. I think what you know what people are going to remember about these uh, current era is, is it isn't that people, you know, there weren't a lot of people who got very sick and people died from it. Uh, but the real complication was from the lockdown. That's yeah. what people are going to remember. And that uh, maybe is a benefit to us. I think you better be careful when you start proposing solution for this. Do you want anything like what you put, went, went through with the, with the lockdown and, uh, and, and with, with not denying that you, you, you don't have a problem, we have to deal with it. That was, that was the whole thing. They, they interpreted, if you say, well, I'm not for the government spending all this money on ABC, uh, that means you don't want anybody to have any help. No, I want it to be much better. <laughs> I want it to be voluntary. I want it to people who are the closest to us deal with the money. Now, now we whether it's foreign policy or whatever, you're not even allowed to have uh, auditing of the funds. Where do the funds go with this? You know, the, the, just the whole idea of the Pentagon never being audited and the people who manufactures the money, the Federal Reserve, it never gets audited. That's, that's probably a place where uh, w when the country wakes up and we decide we want to concentrate on our liberty, we'll be dealing with those issues. And, and that's just looking for the truth and looking for the answers rather than beholding to the, uh, pe the people who are uh, controlling our media and our right now, our social media and our, and our government and our deep state. And, all of these things because I think it's the seeking of truth that is lacking uh, but uh, fortunately there are still people out there that's exactly what they want and our good friend CJ Hopkins who does a great job with the consent factory he's the one behind this monkeypox mania article that I encourage people to read you can find it on consent factory and also it's on zero hedge today but he points out that monkeypox which is now getting a lot of attention the German government is advising people to quarantine if you've got it he points out that it is a, a West African virus uh, that circulates among giant pouched rats. Never heard of those. Squirrels, dormice, and other rodents. It's been infecting humans for centuries or millennia. You get a fever, headaches, and muscle aches. Sometimes you get some nasty-looking uh, pustules on your skin. It resolves in a couple weeks. No threat to humanity. Nevertheless, remember, I support the latest thing, and that's what people are doing. So pretty soon we're going to see some... Ukraine flags swapped out for monkeypox flags or whatever they're going to do next. Uh, and as you pointed out with that tweet from Red Pill Review, she ends her uh, list with saying, the bait stops working when you stop taking it. I wish more people would pay attention to that last part. 
we'd be a lot better off. Yes, and, and you know, uh, language is so important, and that, of course, is what they control when they want to have total control of the people. The, the authoritarians want control because they don't even they, they don't even believe that there is such a thing as a right to free expression. That you should be allowed to express yourself if you're if you're doing it without committing fraud and libel and all these other things. But no, they uh, that is where the attack is uh, so often. Then they get the financial people in cahoots uh, uh, with the government and uh, they participate. They're partners. But that was the thing that annoyed me tremendously was the partnership of big business and mm -hmm. big government and enforcing the rules and, it, and the government would say back, oh well you're private property and you know we you're you have freedom of speech then they they do the worst things in the world and of course they uh, say it in terms of giving giving people their liberties that that is, that is the case all the time in politics. You know, they're saying one thing at the same time they're taking it from you. It once it, that way that reminds me of my advice to staff people was when you read the head, when you read the title of the bill, they're always glowing and flowering and and they're going to save the world. I said uh, you can be sure it's a lie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm going to close with some news on our conference. Believe it or not, it's just over a week away. Can't believe it in Houston. Um, put up that clip if people haven't, for some reason, haven't heard of the conference. The Biden Doctrine, New World Order or Nuclear Armageddon, Houston, June 4th, Saturday. We made a decision, Dr. Paul, a few days ago, and it happened while I was away, that we had sold out twice. Uh, we changed things around, added some tickets, that sold out. So what we decided to do was go ahead and scrap that plan and get a, a completely bigger room. We got the biggest room in the hotel. So that means, as much as I resist the idea of being able to say, we sold out, it's unlikely that we're going to sell out. It's a huge room. There's going to be, you're not going to be packed together in a table. It's, you know, probably eight per flat top rather than ten. But it's a big room. There's plenty of seats available. There'll be plenty of room. It won't look like we're packed and sold out, which is, we kind of like it. But then again, we don't have to put our elbows against, against people. So plenty of tickets. If you want to get one, go to ronpaulinstitute.org, and there is a hyperlink on the upper right-hand side just above where you'll see this show appear. Um, we've got Dr. Paul, we've got Lou Rockwell, we've got Scott Ritter, we've got Tom Wongo. It's going to be the economics, the, def the military side, the policy side, what's going on with the Biden doctrine, are we heading to Armageddon? Uh, it's going to be a fun as well, so we look forward to seeing all well, of you there. You, you know, I don't want to be self-serving, but uh, I have to tell, tell you, and our viewers, that I'm a very sensitive person. <laughs> I don't like talking to empty chairs. Yes. So uh, that's why you have backups. That's why <laughs> if you really have a lot of empty chairs, you have to block them off. Yeah. But uh, I don't think we're going to have to do that. But uh, empty chairs, they don't smile, laugh, or throw no. things at you. But they're, <laughs> they're, they're pretty boring. So. And uh, that is wonderful. But I do want to thank everybody, uh, you know, for the support that we get in these conferences. We look forward to them. And uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, make new friends uh, at these groups. And I think that this effort is very, very important because the personal relationships are usually maintained 
afterwards. And a lot of people ask me, what do you do in a survival situation? Know your friends and build your friends and get more people to agree with you, both in uh, what political philosophy is and also what survivability is, investments and all. So uh, the more that are queued in, you don't want to harbor a protective attitude about, I know it's coming and I'm, I know the place where I'm going to hide and nobody's going to know where it is. No, we want it. We want people to know what it is. And for me, it's uh, the effort to, to promote the cause of liberty, the understanding of liberty, because uh, otherwise uh, you just continue with the process we have, and that's authoritarianism. And the founders tried to get us started in the right direction, and they did, but that has changed. We do not, we do not have what they intended, and the uh, destruction of the, those principles have been going on for more than 100 years now. And uh, truthfully, I don't think you'll see the regression of what we have until you see some serious thinking about why do we have a Federal Reserve that has the license to counterfeit the money in secrecy? And why do we have an IRS uh, uh, gouging the people uh, to go off and uh, fight wars overseas and the American people don't even know where these countries are? And thousands of people die, and then we end up with all the economic problems here at home. So the answers are not complicated. The enthusiasm that we need to reverse the trend, that is a job, and uh, that is why we exist to try to change this attitude, and that is why we have these conferences. We're very selfish because we get encouragement you know, from the, from the conferences because, like I said, too many empty chairs. I get a little bit nervous about that. But no, we'll, we'll be very much encouraged, and uh, that's that to me is important because people otherwise if there's absolutely no interest there will be no change in attitude so that's what we're in the business of doing is changing attitudes but you have to remember the other side's changing attitudes too they're they're cultural marxists and we know what they're doing but if uh, we want people to look to the benefits uh, of, of, of a society that is based on personal liberty that's a goal worth working for I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report, please come back soon.